Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. Did you know that there are two books of the Bible that deal with Nineveh? Now, the first, of course, is famous. We've just studied it recently, and that is the story of Jonah. But did you know two books later, there's a second book that deals with the same city and deals with the same sins, and it's called Nahum. Nahum was from Judah. His name is a shortened form of Nehemiah, and so it means comfort. And what was Nahum's comfort? His comfort was in knowing that in the end, God always does right. In the end, evildoers will be repaid. Now, I said to you that Nahum deals with Nineveh, and indeed it does, but it deals with Nineveh 100 years after Jonah preached. So now think about this. Get this fixed in your mind. Jonah comes preaching. The people in Nineveh repent. They get right with God. The greatest revival in history, arguably, was the salvation of an entire city. A nation turns to God from the top down. It was an amazing thing. And yet, 100 years later, they're right back to the same sins. They're even in worse shape. See, when you go back to sin, it's always worse every time you go back to it. And so finally, they get to a place where there is no more hope. And the city of Nineveh fell in 612 B.C. Nahum chapter 1, verse 1 says, The burden of Nineveh. The burden of Nineveh. You see, the truth of the matter is, sin may be repented of, we can be restored to fellowship, but it is still serious business. And if we take it lightly, if we treat it flippantly, if we think we can go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, at some point, we cross a line with God. And judgment restrained is actually judgment reserved. You remember back in Jonah chapter 4, verse 2, one of the things that Jonah observed about God was that the Lord was slow to anger. Do you remember that? He said, I knew that you were going to be slow to anger. Well, it's interesting. Nahum actually repeats that, but he adds something here. Remember, the Bible's a progressive revelation because God is progressively unveiling Himself to man. In Nahum chapter 1, verse 2, the Bible not only says that God is slow to anger, it also says He's jealous. Listen to Nahum 1 verse 2, God is jealous and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on His adversaries and He reserveth wrath for His enemies. And then in verse 3 it says, the Lord is slow to anger. So yes, He is slow to anger, but that doesn't mean He's going to reserve His anger forever. I'm thinking now of the New Testament verse that says, Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. Someone says, Which is true of God, that He is good or that He is severe? The answer is yes. God is good, but at some point God brings judgment. In Jonah, we see God's goodness on Nineveh. In Nahum, we see God's severity on Nineveh, on those who despise His goodness. This is frightening, but... the Inhabitants of Nineveh at this particular time saw God angry. The prophet Nahum saw God angry. Can I tell you, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. You don't want to see God angry. 
And what is this? I believe that this message about Nineveh in the second book, a hundred years later, is meant to be an object lesson to the whole world. Remember, these things are written for our examples. Nineveh was the most powerful city in the world. It was actually four cities in one. It was about 60 miles around. Its walls were a hundred feet high. So broad, they say that three chariots could be driven on them side by side. There were 1,500 towers along those walls. Each of them were 200 feet high. This was an imposing fortress. If you can imagine it for just a moment, this seems like a, a castle that can't be penetrated. And yet, one of the phrases that is used in the book of Nahum is this phrase, God says, I will make an utter end of it. An utter end? Literally, nothing left. Can I tell you today, there's nothing left of Nineveh. There's nothing left of these people. Why? Because when God says He's going to make an utter end of something, He makes an utter end of it. In chapter 1, their doom is declared. In chapter 2, it's described. But in chapter 3, God points out that it was deserved. You see, this, this message was not for Nahum. It was from God and it was for God. Nahum barely mentions his own nation. You remember Jonah was such a patriot. He was so concerned about his own nation. Nahum barely mentions his own nation. He wasn't seeking revenge for them. No, this is holy wrath. This is righteous indignation. This is not retaliation that man brings. This is retribution that God brings. When people have wrath in them, that wrath becomes their master. But God is always master of His own wrath, His own anger. And God finally shows it to Nineveh. And in showing it to Nineveh, He shows it to all of us. The key verses of the book are found in the first chapter. Nahum chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. The Bible says, But with an overrunning flood he will make an utter end of the place thereof, and darkness shall pursue his enemies. What do ye imagine against the Lord? He will make an utter end. Affliction shall not rise up the second time. Remember, they've been given a chance already. God says, there'll be no more chances. And he repeats this phrase, utter end. He doesn't say it again because he forgot he said it the first time. He says it again because he doesn't want us to forget what he said, an utter end. By the way, did you catch the way that he was going to do it with an overrunning flood? I described for you a moment ago the city of Nineveh, and you would think, well, no army could get through there. One city ruler once said, the only way for Nineveh to fall is if her river turns against her. Did you know that's exactly what happened? During one of the sieges, the river swept in upon her in such a way it made a huge gap in the mighty walls of Nineveh, a gap large enough for the enemy to come through. You see, we're reading prophecy here, friends. Now, we're looking back on it in retrospect. It's much clearer, but this is definite prophecy. Nahum says God's going to use a flood to bring judgment. By the way, there was a time earlier in history when he used a flood to judge the whole world. Do you remember that? Well, I want to tell you there's another flood coming. Not a flood of water. God promised he wouldn't do that, but there's a flood of fire coming. There's judgment coming to this world. And if this world thinks and the nations of the world think they've escaped God's judgment, friend, it is judgment restrained, but it is judgment reserved. And this should sober us. Yes, I, I love reading Scripture and it brings me great joy, but the same Scriptures that comfort also bring conviction. You remember that Nahum's name means comfort. We find our comfort in God. There's conviction here. Let's examine ourselves. Let's look at our own hearts. Let's look at our homes and our churches. Let's look at our nation. Let's say to God, Lord, we want to be right with you because we don't want you to have to bring judgment on our generation. One of the things I love about the book of Nahum that 
you might miss if you're not careful is that chapter 1 is full of the attributes of Christ. He rebuketh the sea. He's good. He's a stronghold. In the midst of judgment, the Bible says, He knoweth them that trust in Him. Don't you love that? You're not going to stop judgment from coming, but you can trust the Lord Jesus. You can come to know Him as your personal Savior. As a Christian, you can be as close to Him as is possible. And in the midst of judgment, like Nahum, you too can find comfort. May God help us today not just to get a glimpse of some civilization or city long removed from the earth, but may we have a fresh glimpse of the God of heaven, the God who will rule and reign for all eternity. Trust Him today. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.